is such an honor to be with you tonight. I am so excited. And um, I'll share with you, Pastor Tina at the altar on Sunday laid hands on me. And she said, Lord, give her a passion for healing, not a formula. So what I have tonight is the last since Sunday. I went after the heart of the Father saying, Father, give me passion. I need your passion for healing. Not a formula, but your passion. And I think out of that, we're going to dive into tonight. Just the passion of God and the passion he has for you and the passion you can have for him and how that sets your heart for healing. But before we go there, I just want to thank you, Aunt Tina and Uncle Ian, for allowing me to be here. And I think it is surreal for me because um, many of you have heard my testimony that when I was 11, I was diagnosed with flesh-eating disease in my foot. And that disease is what it sounds like. And um, <laughs> sad. when I was diagnosed with that, my parents fought the fight of faith alongside these two. And there wasn't a day where they weren't praying and every other, day, other, every other day that they weren't there. And if you've heard the testimony, you know that there were actually pieces of my foot that were dead. In medical terms, they, well, not medical terms, but the color of some of tissue that should have been white was gray. And after my first surgery, the doctor said, there's tendons that are gray and we're gonna go and remove them and we don't know how much farther the infection has spread. And they came and stood throughout my surgery, my second surgery, and they stood with my parents declaring what they, my dad had heard from the Lord, and they stood with him in declaring white, even though they had no clue what they were declaring. And when I got out of that second surgery, the tendon that was gray was white, and they did not have to take it out. So it is, it's surreal for me today to be here speaking about healing um, at the desk of these two who played such a huge role in my healing and really the, the, my life as it, as it developed from that situation. Um, so I have to do a little bit of science and then we're going to go back to Jesus. But the science is simple. Your body was designed to work. Your body was created to heal. If you cut yourself right now, Slowly but surely, all these chemical processes in your body will go to work to create a scab and then eventually a scar. And that is innate, inborn in you. You don't have to think about it. That's just how he made you. Proof that you were created to heal. Pastor Tina talked about antibodies. Another thing you don't have to think of, created to heal. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. God does not make junk. And to give you a cool stat to prove that, you have 78 trillion nerve fibers that run through your brain stem alone. 78 trillion nerve fibers sending messages from your brain to the rest of your body to coordinate life in you. And I really believe in something called inside-out healing. And that is that we heal from the inside out. We have what we need to heal. 
And we live in a society that when we have a headache, we go and try to find an Advil, and I get pain. Trust me, I get pain. But we've put more faith in that Advil than we have in the Word of God and what He says about what our bodies are capable of and what a healing touch from God can do. It is the will of God for us to be healed, whole, and healthy. Period. That's it. That's the end. It is the will of God. And if you don't believe me, well, the proof is Jesus is the image of God. He is what he did. What he did in the New Testament is our game plan, our map to know what is on Father God's mind and heart and what his will is. And everywhere Jesus went, he healed. And the one time that his disciples didn't heal, the boy with the seizures, he ain't too happy about it. His heart and mind were on healing. He wanted healing for the people because the Father wanted healing for the people, and that's his will. End of story. So we have to have that as, as the ground, as the basis, as a foundation. And life comes in and tries to um, say, you know, last time you prayed for your headaches to go away, it didn't go away. Or last time uh, you prayed for healing for that person, it didn't happen. Life can't be our example. Jesus is our example. The end, what he did, he healed every time. Every time he laid hands on them, they were healed. That is our example, not life, Jesus. So it is your identity that you are a son or a daughter. Your identity is not in a diagnosis or a problem. Your identity is not fibromyalgia. You don't walk into this place and say, my arthritis is flaring up. <laughs> in our office, we hear that all the time. When I was working in Tennessee, my arthritis, first of all, we taught them to say, I have a symptom, not your arthritis. <laughs> Stop declaring that it's yours. Your identity is a son and a daughter of God, the healer. It is not that you have arthritis. I want to say capiche. <laughs> That's Italian for you can look it up. <laughs> uh, so I have a, a recent story that happened to me. I had a symptom in my body, and it was um, affecting me to the point of where I was lying in bed for a day, and I had healing school playing in the background, which was important. I had my healing school going and going and going, and my mom was there and helping me, and um, the healing school was going, and I was lying there, and there weren't, changes weren't happening in my symptoms. My presenting symptoms were not altering in any way. And I remember feeling in my heart like I was supposed to put on worship music. So I went to iTunes, and I found Benny Hinn's worship album, which is from... 1908, I think, <laughs> and uh, the songs are also from 1908, but they're good, <laughs> and there was songs, I am the Lord, like, literally like that, okay, anyways, the words of those songs connected with me, and my heart connected to the words in the song, I immediately experienced intimacy with the Father through that worship, and it realigned my heart with the Father and that intimacy and the presence of the Lord, my symptoms immediately changed. It wasn't that the healing school wasn't working. Healing school needs to be on. 
my heart just was not connecting to the healing school. And it needed to be on still. But I needed to walk in obedience to that little thing of what the Lord needed to deal with in my heart in that moment for my healing. And he knew I needed a dose of intimacy with him. Um, The point of principles of healing, and they're important like that, like healing school, like declaring words out of your mouth, like positive thinking, like meditation, like declaration, like reading the word. All of these things that are principles of healing are necessary and vital. But the point of them, the point of the principles are, is to draw you into the presence. And oftentimes, our mind is set on if we're doing the principle correctly, that we forget that the end goal is to get into the presence. As soon as we get into the presence, we have an encounter with the Father. We're reminded that we're a son and we're not our symptom. And with that presence and that intimacy comes breakthrough. The principles are vital. Vital, 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 but never stop there. Go all the way into the throne room. Remember whose you are. Often businesses, you'll hear them talk about their why, 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 why. What's your why? What's your why? We need our why. They say put your why before your how and your what. Focus on your why. I think in the body of Christ, we've almost become so focused on the why that we forget the who's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whose am I? My business succeeds not because of my why, but because of my father. My body is healed not because I understand why it should be, but because I understand whose I am. Praise the Lord. The Lord drew me to a story where, um, we all know it, he's at the wedding and, and Mary asked him to turn the water into wine. And he says, it's not my hour. And Mary says to the people around, do what he says. (laughs) Basically, Mary had a relationship with him. She had intimacy with him, closeness with him. She knew who he was, what he was capable of. And her weight in the situation mattered. Jesus ultimately kind of said no to her. And she said, do what he says, and basically said, do it anyways. (laughs) You know, I sometimes, when I was reading that this week, I thought, you know what? I think I weigh in on the situation. I think I have some weight in the situation. When I'm praying for someone, it's the will of the Lord to be healed. But no matter what's going on in them, I can weigh in on the situation and put my faith towards healing. And corporately, you can do that in this house. And I actually had a vision, and this is where I had a vision of us doing this, so we're going to do it right now. This house is a healing house. And in the vision, I saw all of us stand up, and we pointed to each wall of the house, and we declared, healing and miracles come in Jesus' name. So stand to your feet. Let's just do it right now. Start pointing this way on the count of three. One, two, three. Healing and miracles come in Jesus' name. To the left. Healing and miracles come in Jesus' name. And the back. Healing and miracles come in Jesus' name. Healing and miracles come in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This is a healing house. There is no other option. 
uh, in Matthew 17, Jesus is, this I mentioned this earlier, he is uh, healing the boy with the seizures that the disciples couldn't hear, heal. And the boy's parents bring him and say, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal, heal him. Jesus goes on to say, faith the size of mustard seed, move the mountains. We know the story, that they didn't have faith. But the thing that really stirred me in this scripture was verse 21 of chapter 17. And it says, this kind, he's referring to the boy with the seizures and the healing he needed. This kind goeth out only by prayer and fasting. And I believe that what he's trying to tell the disciples is, is that your doubt would have been influenced by prayer and fasting. Why? I think it's because prayer and fasting draw you into communion and intimacy. And with the communion and the intimacy, when you go into a situation knowing whose you are and having had real encounter, not just hearing about Jesus, but experiencing Jesus. When you go into a situation having experienced him, do it before or him tell you in the secret place that he's going to do it. Yeah. Then you go into the impossible decisions with a different edge. Come on. Right. That's right. That's right. If that makes sense. <laughs> that part comes only by prayer and fasting. Intimacy. You've all heard that you are the average of your five closest friends. Have you heard that before? I really felt like the Lord tonight wanted to challenge us to make the top three Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Who are you hanging out with most? Amen. <laughs> Who are you hanging out with most? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit should be your top three. Not because we have to stress and strive to make, you know, good friends with them and we have to be perfect for them and, like, they should be in our circle and I'm so cool because they're in my circle. It's because of what they, it's the breakthrough that comes from communion with them. It's the love, it's the passion that is shared and the intimacy, intimacy that is shared that allows the fire to fall. And when the fire falls, healing is there, done. There again, and there again, and there's another one, and there's another one. You'll hear evangelists, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Well, the healers are scared to turn, I see that, I see that, I see that, just like that. Like souls, healing like souls, healing like souls, because of the fire falling. I want to smell like, you know when you go to a campfire, and you go home, and everyone knows you were at a campfire? <laughs> That's what I want it to be like when I come out of the secret place. Oh, you smell like smoke. Were you around some fire because you smell like smoke? You smell like fire. That's what we have access to. So heavenly minded we become when we are around the fire. We can become so heavenly minded that we're actually earthly good. On earth as it is in heaven. I declare on earth as it is in heaven. Last I checked, there's no sickness or disease in heaven. No affirmity or affliction in heaven. We have the authority to say on earth as it is in heaven in every situation. Alzheimer's is not an exclusion from that. ADHD and autism, this thing that's got the whole medical world going crazy right now, is not an exception to that. Right. Neurodegenerative disorders, ALS, MLS, those, MS, those ones that we look at and our doubt <laughs> spikes up in us. 
those impossible situations, those are puny. They're not in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. You know what else? The same Holy Spirit that got Jesus from the beaten path all the way to the cross, that Holy Spirit who he took every, he had neck pain, he had back pain, he had a stomach ache, he had a headache with thorns in his, he had every single symptom you can imagine. Have you seen the passion of the Christ? He had it all. And that same Holy Spirit, not only that raised him, but that power that got him from being beaten on the floor to hanging on the cross. How many times did he want to run? He was God. He could have. How many times with that same Holy Spirit that got him through infirmity for the promise and the breakthrough that is there, that same Holy Spirit lives in you. And that same Holy Spirit lives in you until your breakthrough comes. And I really do believe that he paid, this one, this one really gets me, he paid the price not only so that you could go to heaven, but so that heaven could be in you. Here, here. Here, 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 heaven in us, heaven manifesting through us. That was the cross as well. So that we could go, yes, that is the big one. But here that we could manifest because it's in us here already. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I, I do feel like there are some principles that the Lord has placed on my heart. And one of them is training and preparation, which is what we've been doing with Pastor Tina. And that is key. It's number one, training and preparation. When I was in school, they had us do an exercise where we had to, they placed a piece of hair, a very thin strand of hair under pages of a phone book. And they would add a page and add a page. And we had to go through those pieces with our fingers and feel. And they kept adding a page, can you feel it? Yes. Add a page, can you feel it? Yes. Add a page, can you feel it? No. And you tried to train your fingertips to feel through more pages. Because when I put my hands on your back, I need to feel through muscle. And some people have bigger muscle than others. <laughs> I have to be able to feel. So if I were to go to someone's back and try to feel something out of alignment without that training, good luck to me. It was brutally hard. Without, and the training is what got me to the point where I could do it. It's the same with healing. We must be proactive, not reactive, proactive. You heard Pastor Tina talking about that. The preparation. We want to be the Olympians of healing. Well, the Olympians, they have a training program, and it doesn't look like that of the novice volleyball team. It's a bit different. So when it comes to healing, not out of stress or striving, but out of that passion for the Lord, we're going to train passion, passion, passion. When I, when I had flesh eating disease, one of the cool things that happened when, um, when actually we realized it while I was in the hospital is that at that time, Nicole C. Mellon had released a CD and she, <laughs> there was one track where she didn't sing at all. She uh, recited Psalm 27. So I was 11 and Adriana was However, 11 minus 3. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> science, science, y'all, science. Uh, 
Anyways, we were listening to this track around the house, and we listened to the whole CD probably 50 times in that month. And this was before any symptom arose in my body. And on the track, she recites Psalm 27. Well, Psalm 27 says, when they came to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And I was declaring for the whole probably two months before I had flesh in interview, when they come to try to eat up my flesh, they will stumble and fall. Is that not crazy? The next line gets even crazier. Even then will I be confident. You can ask my dad. There was a big, friendly, 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 friendly male nurse. And he asked me how I felt before I went down to my first surgery. And though I was definitely drugged, <laughs> what came out of my heart was I feel confident. And that scripture says, when they came to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell, and even then, I will be confident later on in the verse. Preparation. And when you don't know what you need, he brings it to you. If he's bringing something into your life right now, take the hint. You may need to dive into it. You may need to dive into it. It may be a bit of preparation that's coming. The other thing that he did was that I was, I would, I would, again, ask, my dad was the one that tried to interpret Benny Hinn for me, because when I was three, I would be mesmerized by Benny Hinn. I'd be like, Daddy, why are they flying all over the place? <laughs> <laughs> he said, that's the power of Jesus. So since I was a little girl, I believed in the power of Jesus, and even if I wasn't all too conscious through that whole flesh-eating disease thing, my heart was grounded. I knew he healed. There was no other option. If you can see it, you can have it. If you can see it, you can have it. And I think one thing that I'm right now working on is pressing for my natural eye to shift. Because there's some things that I can't see right now, but I know that if I can get there, I can have it. And with healing, if you can see it in your body, it's yours. The next principle is radical obedience. Bobby Connor says, half-hearted obedience is cloaked rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Half-hearted obedience is cloaked rebellion. When I was down in Knoxville, the doctor I worked for told me a story that he was really sick one time, and he is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man of God that has seen the sick healed and the dead raised. And he himself was dealing with something and in his body, and he had had multiple crazy names come and pray for him and lay hands on him and, and all of this stuff, and there wasn't a change in his body. Finally, he told me the story. One pastor came and he walked in the door and he said to Dr. Pete's wife, he said, can I have a glass of water? She's like, sure. He stood at the garage door and asked for a glass of water. So she went and poured him a glass of water and brought it to him. And he drank the glass of water and she said, uh, Pete's over here, do you wanna come lay hands on him? He said, nope, I'll be going now. <laughs> Gave her the glass of water and left. Five minutes later, Dr. Pete stood up for the first time and walked out of his bedroom. Radical obedience. <laughs> With your radical obedience at first, 
I recommend being covered by mentorship. <laughs> if you want to do some wild things for the Lord, just be covered in mentorship. Healing cloths are pretty radical. I'm sure there's somebody in here that's thinking that is crazy. I like this church, but that part is crazy. <laughs> Healing cloths are pretty radical, but it happened in Acts. The presence is so great. It can be carried on an inanimate object. Duh. <laughs> but we try to make that like a thing. Like, oh, is, what is the cloth doing? No, the cloth isn't doing anything. It's the presence of God that has infiltrated an inanimate object and brought into another atmosphere, and it automatically shifts it. Tongues, when the Lord tells you to pray in tongues, that can be radical obedience because you may not want to speak in tongues at the moment, like in the middle of the grocery store. <laughs> tongues is a strategy, and if he says to do it, do it, because when you pray in tongues, you're interceding in accordance with the Father's will, and his will is healing. Right. Tongues is a huge weapon. The next principle is forgiveness and love bitterness dries up the bones and I can tell you I had to I hated it while I was in it but I had to take 15 x-ray classes yeah and I'm telling you arthritis is dried bone and when you see it on an x-ray and you see it just completely infiltrate someone's low back or neck, two common areas. It's dried bones. And I can't help every time I see it, but think about that scripture. Bitterness dries up the bones. And how many of us don't even realize that you're carrying bitterness because it's unforgiveness and bitterness. They kind of go together. There was one girl that, I, that really hurt me in high school, and I literally forgave her, I think, fully last year. <laughs> Being honest, it was so hard. Every time there was an altar call for forgiveness, I tried to forgive her. <laughs> like, gosh, surely this time you'll get off my mind. But it was always like, God, she was so wrong, you know? And that was causing angst in me. Finally, the breakthrough that happened, and I'm going to tie this into love quickly. When I started adjusting at, in Knoxville, Dr. Pete told me, just love them. Just love them and they'll be healed. Just love them. And I'm like staring at this person's feet like, I don't love you. <laughs> and your feet, like, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to say. I love feet. I, feet do not bug me anymore. But at first I'm like, Lord, Jesus, I do not love you. But he's telling me, just love them. Just love them. Just love them. So I'm like going from table to table. Like maybe I'll love this one. <laughs> if they have good perfume on, maybe I'll love this one. And it never broke through for me until when I was down in Knoxville, I went to their church on Sunday, the, the house I was staying at. And I saw no word of a lie. I, I was sitting probably where Darian is. And there was an altar call. And up at the altar are five patients in a row. Five of my patients in a row. And I look over at them, and they're all standing at the altar like this. And all of a sudden, when I saw that, and I saw them receiving from the Father, supernatural love took over me. And I went back into the office, and it, it had happened. I didn't have to know their story or even see their face. But I had love for them because I just look, I would put my hands on the table and say, Father, I know they're receiving from you. And that's so beautiful, and I love them. 
So with this girl, when I had that breakthrough with love, I brought that into forgiveness. And what I did was I pictured her here, actually. I pictured her up here at the altar receiving from the Father. And to this day, I literally have so much love for her, watching her receive from the Father and watching her receive from his heart. And I just pictured her standing here receiving with tears in her eyes, and I was able to forgive for the first time in years. He is so good. He is so good. Self-hatred, it's not worth it. It really ties you up in knots inside, quite literally. I see a lot of people come in, and they... and. In a doctor-patient relationship, you get a lot of um, honesty from people. And a lot of them say, you know, I just, I hate my body. I hate my body. And they're harboring this hate in their body, and it's causing all of these symptoms to manifest. The love of God casts that out. And if you're dealing with self-hatred, Come and get prayer for that because it's an easy fix <laughs> when you get his eyes. When you see for the first time his eyes looking at you, self-hatred, it's really hard. It, it can't really compete. So come and get prayer. So doubt. Doubt is uh, a not a principle. <laughs> doubt is not a principle. <laughs> doubt is something that these principles combat. Healing can happen because of a miracle. But if there's doubt, that's what the principles are for. They deal with the doubt. If you were a deceiver, if you were like a thief, a deceiver, and you wanted to trick the body of Christ, you just question their belief system. Have them question their belief system. Is that really true? Is healing really for today? Did he really hear them all, or are there stories missing from the Bible, and the apostles only picked the ones that he really liked? They really liked. No. It's a lie. That's the deceiver. That comes in, and if, he, if, if you were a deceiver, that's probably what you would try to do to the body of Christ. So we know his game, because we would probably play that trick if we were in his shoes. So we are armed to deal with him. We fight the fight of faith. It's not a walk or a stroll. It's a fight for a reason. Because of doubt and because of fear. And fear perverts. I hate fear. It perverted a lot of my life. And I hate it. And it's thanks be to, this, thanks be to God in this place. Fear is being dealt with in so many of us. And I have... I have literal, I have so much excitement for the breakthrough, for just fear. I hate fear. When we were on our honeymoon recently, I had a battle with fear. And it was the first time in a long time that it's been like this. So we were on our honeymoon, and, you know, I'm trying to impress Caleb my first couple of days of the honeymoon and actually, like, you know, do my hair and, <laughs> like, these type of things. So... Want, yeah, take a shower. <laughs> We're on our honeymoon, and we are in this condo, and we had just had our wedding, so I usually don't listen to secular music of any kind, but we had listened to all of this dance music at our wedding, and it was bringing back memories, so I thought it was fine. 
<laughs> no, no, not you. <laughs> I thought I just, we were literally all day, we had this iTunes radio that I bought this stinking free script subscription for three months. And I had this radio playing through the apartment all day. And usually I have worship playing, but this day I had dance music. And you know, I really think there's a time and place, like dance music can be really fun. What happened was, is I didn't pay attention and the radio station kind of shifted into like another genre. And I, I remember like walking into a room and I'm like, what is on? Like it's gross in here and changed it. But it was going all day in there. And I was in and out of the condo and we were in and out to the pool. That night, this story is crazy embarrassing. <laughs> that night, I'm lying in bed and I get terrified. I hear in my head, there's going to be an alarm, and I didn't stop there, which is where I should have stopped. <laughs> there's going to be an alarm, there's going to be a shooter, and you're going to have to flee. Literally. <laughs> in my head. Okay? I'm like, Caleb, Caleb, <laughs> Caleb, can you just like not go to bed yet? Like, I'm dealing with some stuff, and can we just talk it out? <laughs> and he's like, what? Half asleep. It was so late, because I just had been lying there, and like, you know. I'm like, Kale, you can't go to bed yet. And I'm literally con like overwhelmed by fear. It's funny, but it, in the moment, it was not funny. It was terrifying. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know how to describe it, because it just was. It was terrifying. And Kale's like, OK, it's OK. I'm like, no, Kale, it's not OK. Can you switch me spots? <laughs> Can, you, sit, you lie beside the door. <laughs> like, I want to get away. So I literally switched spots with him. <laughs> was impressing him real well. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't even stop what was happening, which hasn't happened to me in a long time. And I kid you not, at 2 a.m., a wretched alarm goes off. And it is blaring through the apartment, and it's not a fire alarm, it's a lady's voice. And it says, there is, an, there is imminent danger, an unknown emergency, evacuate the building. And I started shaking like a leaf. I woke up to this voice, and I started shaking. And then it's like, like, oh, Caleb Insta-storied it. If you heard that lady's voice, you know it was terrifying. I, if there was an older person in the building, I don't want to know what happened in their <laughs> heart. <laughs> Pray protection over them. But it was terrifying, okay? I shook like a leaf. Turned out to be nothing at all. Caleb didn't let us evacuate because he's, he's like, if there's a shooter, that's what they want you to do. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Not what you say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, terrible. <laughs> so I literally, we finally get a hold of it. The alarm went off for an hour. It stopped for an hour, and then it went off for another two hours. And we finally got a hold of the condo company, and we're like, what is going on? They're like, the fire department is here. There's a malfunction in the unit. Well, the Lord dealt with me the next day. <laughs> I realized that he was trying to speak to me about something. What if I heard there's going to be an alarm? And I said, okay, Lord. Do I have to be afraid? No, it's just, it's going to be nothing. If I would have stopped myself there, wow. it would have been a 
very different night. <laughs> and he began to deal with me as well about the environment because I wasn't paying attention to what was playing on my radio and fear was allowed into that room, into that condo. Whatever stuff that, and I wasn't consciously dealing with it and it's a reminder to be on guard. When we're dealing with healing, we must be on guard to our environments and sensitive to the atmospheres that we're in because it can be something stupid like that that takes you off your course and gets you thinking that you're going to die with a shooter running around a fire alarm on your honeymoon. <laughs> we must be on guard. We say a whole lot of things out of our mouth that Jesus never said, and we expect to get the same results as him. We expect to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And we're talking like, not like Jesus. If it came out of Jesus' mouth, then you have permission to think it. If it didn't and it's fear-based, no permission to think it as a believer. The Lord in Isaiah says, the Lord, or it's the prophet Isaiah says, the Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. Isaiah 8:11. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. Everyone else talks about how sick that person is or they are. Everyone else talks about how dry that land is. Everyone else talks about how impossible that situation is. But you are called to enter dry lands and declare that they are no longer dry and you are called to be a river of water flowing through it. And it starts because you don't think like they do. You are not afraid of dry lands like they are. You approach the dry land and you command it to change. Isaiah knew that the key to breakthrough was in your thinking. Like Pastor Tina has been teaching us. And the Lord has given us now a strong warning not to think like the world and take command of your thoughts. There is, there is nothing that compares when you're in your thinking life to inviting in the Holy Spirit and inviting in the work of the cross. Invite in the victory of the cross into your thought life. Think about that one. I don't really know what it means. But invite in that victory, that huge victory. And many of us need huge victory in terms of our thinking and in our thought life. So invite in the victory of the cross into your thinking. There is nothing like the cross. We sang on Sunday, and it's been on repeat in my head and on my phone all week that the cross has the final word. When it comes to healing, the cross has the final word. He took it all. End of story. He took it all. End of story. The cross has the final word. There is power in the name of Jesus. You, there is power in just the name of Jesus because of the finished work of the cross, what he took there. And I, there's a story, Smith Wigglesworth, when he's trying to heal somebody, and he heard the Lord say, just declare the name of Jesus. And that room that was praying for the lame man said, Jesus, 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 over and over and over again. And Smith Wigglesworth says that the fire of God fell and then lifted and then fell and then lifted and then fell and then lifted and fell and then stayed. And the man got up just by saying the name. Praise the Lord. There is no drug 
There is no vitamin C capsule. There is no essential oil. There is no chiropractic adjustment. There is no doctor on the planet. There is no reflexology. <laughs> That's a big one going through the feet. We do everything. We do everything else before we call on the name. I'm guilty. I'm like, Mom, where's that thing that you rub on the... <laughs> right? But there is none of that. None of that compares to the healing touch of God. None of it compares to the healing power of God. And I challenge you to dig deep into intimacy and passion with him. And that song Pastor Jess sang, I love your presence. I love your presence because when we are in the presence, the principles lead us to the presence. And the presence is where the healing is and the breakthrough is. That's it. That's it. How many of you just have gone to the altar before and asked for more of the presence? I have like a million times. Keep going. There is no end. It worked last time. It worked the time before that. It worked the time. You got more presence. You got more presence. You got more presence. Keep going to the altar for more presence. You get it every time. Keep going to the altar for more fire. You get it every time. Keep going in the presence of God. And when you lock eyes, everything else is easy. His eyes are like flaming fire. When you see that, and you actually have an encounter with the eyes of God and the intimacy that comes from knowing whose you are, who your God is. You get the perspective of heaven and the vantage point of heaven and everything on earth doesn't matter, it fades away. So that impossible situation is nothing compared to heaven and heaven is in you. So I think tonight we're going to do an altar call for healing. And I would invite you while you're up here, and maybe Pastor Jess, if you could sing something about intimacy. <laughs> Go through your catalog. <laughs> I think tonight that when we come to the altar for healing, and if you don't need healing in your body, come to the altar for faith for healing. Faith for healing. Because there's a world out there that needs to know Jesus by experience. Because they don't want him. They don't want him just by spoken word. They want to know he's real. And when you're at the altar tonight, I would invite you to picture that person that you've always tried to forgive standing right beside you. And I think what we'll do 
If you all could stand to your feet. I'm gonna pray and then if you want this, if you want intense intimacy to increase in your life and cause breakthrough with as, it, as healing concerns, hold up. If you want breakthrough in your life in this area and you want more intimacy and more presence and more fire, after I pray, just come to the altar and we're just gonna worship and if you need prayer, you can get prayer. If you want to just listen to your father's heart for a while, that's good too. Come and hear from him. One word from heaven changes everything. So Father God, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your fire that comes and brings breakthrough and healing and restoration and everything we need. We thank you, Father, for the angels that have been here all night, God delivering, delivering, delivering people and waiting and waiting to pour out healing while we say, God, we receive. We receive tonight with open arms everything that you have promised for us, God. We submit our bodies to the Holy Spirit's touch right now and we say, God, come and take all of us. Draw us in, Lord, to the intimate place, God. I thank you, Father, that you just come. You come, you come, you come, and you don't stop coming. I thank you, God, that you just increase, 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 increase whatever hearts are crying out for tonight, God. I thank you that increase is here. I thank you that breakthrough is here. I thank you that healing is here. In Jesus' name, we declare the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord.